three and a parenting writer. I'm also the director of pediatric behavioral medicine at a private practice here in Oak Park, just outside of Chicago, Illinois. And I specialize in working with children, teens, and families. So I have been working with parents, children, and families for almost 20 years at this point. And I've been a mother myself for going on 14 years. So I'm here today to talk about my most recent book. Well, my only book. It just came out in September. It is called Autonomy Supportive Parenting, Reduce Parental Burnout and Raise Competent, Confident Children. And I'm really excited to get into it with everyone for part of this summit. All right, so I am so passionate. I am so passionate about autonomy supportive parenting because I see it as the science-based secret. It's been hidden for years, almost 30 years, that really can be a course correction for where I see modern parenting has really gone off course in today's world. No fault of our own. I'm as part, much a part of it as anyone else, but the parenting of the day, which in the parenting writer world, we call it intensive parenting. It has become the norm. It has become how we define quote unquote good parenting. And it's not working. It's not working for us as parents and it's not working for our kids. So let me say just a little bit more because I think this is a really big part of the why for autonomy supportive parenting. So today I'm going to go over where we are having problems with intensive parenting, why autonomy supportive parenting is the answer, and how we actually do autonomy supportive parenting in our real lives at home with our families. Okay, so starting with intensive parenting, we know that today's parents are like more stressed than ever. The surveys are showing this. We are reporting really high rates of stress, anxiety, and burnout. There are, of course, many reasons for this that we do not need to go into right now. I'm sure you're all very aware of all the reasons that we're stressed out. But intensive parenting is not helping the situation. And I do think it is adding to our busyness, our stress, and our anxiety which is all a road to burnout. And at the end of the day, as we are working so hard in intensive parenting to be the best parents we can be and to be so involved in our kids' lives, it ultimately is going to undermine our very goals because we're just so tired. <laughs> we just don't have the energy. And then we feel badly about that and it's this terrible cycle. So... Intensive parenting, just to give it a definition, so we're all on the same page about what I mean when I say that, is this parenting approach or culture that's very much about putting our children's needs at the very spotlight of family life. So, I mean, I do it too, but it's become the norm for our kids' sports schedules to take over our weekends, or we no longer do family vacations because of athletics, or um, we 
Even the money we spend on our kids' activities is taking away from other priorities in the family budget. So in the day-to-day, it's also this really close, heavy involvement in all aspects of our kids' lives, kind of micromanaging, being you know close to all the goings-on, and that makes us feel like good parents. And in fact... Surveys are showing when people are asked, when parents are asked, you know, with different scenarios and the ones that are describing intensive parenting practices, that's being rated as good parenting. Okay, so here's the problem. Not only is it so much to ask of us as parents, and it really is burning us out and adding to our stress, it's not good for the kids. It's really not, even though the intention is that we're trying to be the best parents we can be for our kids by being so helpful and supportive and present and available and supporting their dreams and sacrificing to make them happy. But a lot is getting lost in that. So for one thing, kids are feeling a lot of pressure these days. And especially in this tween and teen age, it's like a pressure cooker for these kids. And so a lot of our efforts to prioritize their activities and interests can end up feeling like pressure on them to perform and do well. And then they're, you know, they're developing their own anxiety about that. And in our attempts to be helpful to our children and to be quote unquote good parents, we are not letting them do things on their own that they are fully capable of doing. So it can be from the small stuff like making all their food and filling up their water bottles and packing their luggage for vacation to the bigger picture, you know, they come home after a big fight with a close friend and we text the parent or they are struggling with one of their teachers and we email the teacher. So we are taking on their problems in a way that is both robbing our child of the opportunity to do their own problem solving and build their own skills to navigate stress and challenges. And we're sending our child the message that we, we need to do it for them, that we don't see them as capable. And again, this is not our intention, but it is the message. And so kids are growing up these days feeling not competent, not confident, and we're stressing out and I mean, just think about how much you worry about your kids all the time. I mean, I have to be very intentional and say to myself sometimes, this is my child's life problem, not mine. You know, I can support them, but I don't need to take it on as my issue to fix and solve. Okay, so there's my big soapbox. I think I've drilled it home. (laughs) We're all swimming in the waters of intensive parenting, and I just want to create more awareness around the pitfalls and how intensive parenting, even with best intentions, can actually become controlling. And that's where autonomy supportive parenting comes into play. The good news is that I think parents are ready for a change. I am hearing a lot around me around, like, I wish my kids were more independent. I wish I weren't doing so much for them. I think we're a little stuck. Like we don't know 
how to do it differently, how to course correct, how to be different. And that's why I'm so excited about getting my book out there, being able to have these opportunities to talk to large groups of parents about these ideas. Because autonomy supportive parenting gives us the, the path forward. It has strategies, over 30 years of science behind it, and it just hasn't cracked the mainstream for whatever reason, but it is just a framework that is flexible and realistic and common sense. So this will help us all break our controlling habits and impulses. And I will share that in my book, I am really open and transparent about my own struggles with this. I mean, I'm a perfectionist by nature, always have been, and parenting is very hard on perfectionists. I don't know who else can relate to that, but I became so much more aware as I was working on my book of where I was trying to control my kids and their choices and who they even are without realizing it. But when I became more aware of it, I was able to pause and shift gears. And so that's really what I'm hoping for today is to just start that messaging and to have everyone's awareness grow and some confidence that you can do things differently. I mean, life is all about changing and growing, right? And parenting is no different. Okay. So what is autonomy supportive parenting? Autonomy supportive parenting has been studied, like I said, for over 30 years, since the early 90s, it started as a contrast with controlling parenting, which is why I talked so much about the intensive parenting piece and how that can be a kind of controlling parenting. So we will get into that later. But autonomy supportive parenting comes from this bigger idea in psychology that all of us, all humans, have three fundamental needs to feel fulfilled and satisfied in life. One is autonomy, two is competence, and three is relatedness. So autonomy, it's a very big idea, but to distill it down quickly, autonomy is this sense of agency over one's life, one's choices, and one's sense of self. It's a real awareness and knowledge of who you are as a person and how you want to live your life. So that is autonomy. Competence, I think we're all familiar with this term, but competence is believing in our skills, feeling like we are equipped and skilled and have abilities and areas of strength. And that gives us confidence and it's part of our identity. And then relatedness, which is really the foundation of everything is that concept of being connected in relationships and having a sense of belonging in community. And we all know how important that is, that sense of belonging, that sense of emotional safety in relationships. And of course, that's what we want to create as parents for our children in our homes with our families. So autonomy supportive parenting is a practice and set of strategies that is nurturing those three fundamental needs in our children. 
So when we are practicing autonomy, supportive parenting, and creating that environment in our homes, we are nurturing our children's autonomy, competence, and relatedness. And then that leads to much better outcomes across the board. And this is what the research shows. So kids who report and describe having more autonomy supportive parents, they have stronger social skills, emotional skills, cognitive skills. They do better in school. They have a more positive attitude towards school. Um, They are psychologically healthier, physically healthier. I mean, the benefits are all over the board. And it kind of, it comes back to this general approach where we are expecting our children's independence. We are trusting in their abilities to live their lives well, and we are respecting who they are as a person, including what they want to do with their lives. Okay. So I know this sounds very grand and it's somewhat aspirational, right? I don't think many parents would disagree. Sure. We want to raise kids who end up knowing who they are as a person and feeling agency and mastery over their lives and having a strong sense of self. That sounds great. But how are we doing that when we have a moody 11-year-old slamming doors in our faces, right? (laughs) Um, So in my book, I actually go through all these different areas of family life and a child's life. And in each section, there's a part on early childhood. So how this looks and is applied for kids zero to six and then school age. So that kind of covers preteen and then adolescence. So of course, whatever's going on with our child's development is a really important consideration in how we're applying our autonomy supportive strategies. Okay. So what are these strategies? I've already mentioned a couple and of course my book goes into great detail but for the sake of this presentation, I'll give you a, a preview. So the first three are part of what builds the relatedness. And the relatedness between us and our child is really the soil that helps the autonomy and competence grow. So we really need this foundation of relatedness. Now, what I'm going to say is not is not rocket science it's not new to you but we know that the practice of it can be difficult so these three are empathy perspective taking and unconditional love and acceptance and i want to be clear that the unconditional love and acceptance is for who our child is and their identity not for every behavior okay so Let's think about this. Empathy is, of course, trying to understand our child's experience and empathize with what they're going through and how they're feeling, which is often the root of behaviors that we find mystifying. And perspective taking goes along with empathy because we're really trying to understand where is our child coming from, especially when we're having a point of conflict or tension, is really trying to get into their mind's eye. And how do we do that? We approach them with curiosity instead of judgment. We ask open-ended questions instead of going straight into a lecture. 
And we really start with what has been going on for you? What led to this decision? Or I'm just trying to understand what this is like for you. And and starting there before doing maybe some skill development or coaching. Okay, the next piece is really building competence. So this includes expecting independence, scaffolding, and scaffolding means it's a child development term. It means meeting your child where they're at. So you need to know where your child's skills are. And that may not be what every other 12-year-old is doing. You need to know specifically your 12-year-old child's abilities in a certain area, whether it's in school or emotional coping, regulation. Um, So you meet them where they're at, and then you help nudge their growth to the next level. That's scaffolding. What goes along with that is expecting independent behaviors. And this is really important. And this is where intensive parenting derails us. For us to expect that they can do chores around the house, or they can independently do homework if they have the the abilities to do so, or that they can manage a difficult conversation with a friend. All right. So it's expecting independence and also expressing trust in our child's independence and skills. So along with all this, and this just keeps building and growing on each other, we collaborate with our child. And this is another way of expressing trust in who, in our belief that they can't, that they have a voice that matters, that their opinion matters, that we respect their ideas and how they think. So involving our children in decision-making and problem-solving. So rather than coming at like, we know the answer and we're just going to come out and say, well, you should do this. Instead saying, well, what do you think? What do you think you should do next? Or let's say they broke a rule uh, in the house and you know that there needs to be a consequence and you ask, so what do you think the consequence should be? And it's amazing. I mean, kids come up with pretty good consequences and actually sometimes they're even more strict than I would have been, but they're, it's their input and their ideas and that makes it more meaningful. All right. I know this is a lot to take in. So we are going to practice. We're going to practice a parenting dilemma and, and put the strategies to work. Okay. So this is right from my book. It is called Not for the Gram. All right. You discover your tween has created her own Instagram account and is posting pictures of herself looking much older. Makeup, kissy poses. Not only has she snuck around showing much more tech savvy skills than you realized she had, but she is using it in the exact way you most feared. You are concerned about her judgment and her safety from creepy adult strangers. You feel hurt and furious that she would break your family rule of no social media until age 13. How do you approach this break in trust without having a total breakdown? Okay, so maybe some people can relate to this. I Most tweens and teens I know have skirted some of these rules. And I think if anything, one part of parenting is to expect that our children are going to 
disappoint us and make poor choices because that is how they learn. So instead of being shocked and dismayed, we can think, well, this is part of growing up. <laughs> we expected this was going to happen and we're going to handle it. Okay. So a couple of key points in this is how, um, she snuck around. All right. And I will tell you, I included the part that she has more tech savvy skills because they all do and they're going to outsmart us. So let's go over the controlling response first. Right after making your discovery, march into her room and yell at her about her terrible choices. Make shaming comments. What in the world were you even thinking? What kind of person does this? Induce guilt. I've clearly done a terrible job as a mother if you can lie and sneak around like this. Punish and threaten. You have lost your phone until I decide you can have it back, which might be never. Okay, so you can tell in the controlling piece is very easy to fall into that. And it feels almost better in the moment because you're reacting on your own, you know, discovery and feeling upset. And you're, you're getting out how you feel and what you think. Um, okay, let's do autonomy supportive. Recognize your emotions are high, take some deep breaths, talk to a supportive person, or do whatever you need to do to feel calmer before bringing this up with your child. Practice perspective taking. Start by asking her some questions to show that you are curious about how she made these decisions. Show empathy based on her response. For example, it sounds really hard to feel like you're the only one of your friends not on Instagram. You felt really left out. Review rationale for rules about staying off of social media such as safety, negative effects of social comparison, taking away time from other activities, whatever was the reasoning that went into your family rules. And then involve her in decisions about what should happen next. You broke our family rule and snuck around. What are your ideas about consequences for that? What do you think should happen with your Instagram account? So I want to be clear that this is not there should or shouldn't be these rules around social media. That's not what this is about. This is about how to respond when your child violates the expectations and the rules around social media, which I don't know many families where that hasn't happened. Um, so it's not a right or wrong around what the rule is, but more the response to when the child in, is inevitably going to break the rule. So I hope that made things clear in terms of comparing and contrasting. And again, my book is full of these. I do it for every topic and every age group. I map out the controlling response, what that could look like. And again, this is all could. These are just examples. And then autonomy support of what that could look like. And you'll start to see like it's a mix and match of all those different strategies for autonomy supportive approach. All right. So after listening to all of this today, I want to give you a challenge. I want you to think about your daily family life and take inventory. Where do you think you might be doing things for your children that they can do themselves? And where can your children do more so that you can do less? All right. Okay. I'm also offering everyone a freebie handout with some guides on how to approach some of our basic family life uh, tasks in an autonomy supportive way. So it's a guide for 
homework, chores, and allowance. And hopefully this guide will help you see and have it illustrate how you can put into practice what I've talked about today. Okay, so this was a lot of information and I tried to squeeze in as much as possible, but there is so much more to talk about with this topic. But I'm gonna leave you with three really important points that I wanna make sure I communicate. First, I always say autonomy supportive parenting is a practice, not an identity. We can wake up every morning and try again, all right? It doesn't matter how difficult the day before was or how controlling we felt. Every day is a new day. We are all sliding around on this continuum of controlling and autonomy supportive all the time, all right? So just keep your eye on the prize of the bigger picture. Two is you do not have to be autonomy supportive in every interaction to quote unquote be doing it. I feel like there's a lot of pressure and a lot of very popular parenting approaches that like we have to be like superhuman every time we're interacting with our child or each time there's a conflict or um, something that doesn't feel right, we have to worry about it, that we've ruined something in our child or our relationship. No, I want everyone to relax, take a deep breath. That's way too much pressure and that actually adds to the problem. So like I said, autonomy supportive parenting is about the bigger picture. In general, how does your child feel? Do they feel like you are controlling their life or do you do they feel like you support their autonomy? Okay. And finally, remember to stay open and curious with your child's experience and self-compassionate with your own. Thank you so much for listening to this and I really hope you got something out of it.